great to have you join us here at MKCC Live. I am continuing our series that we launched in January called Unshakable. And it was great to hear from Billy uh, just in week one, just to launch that uh, series and talking about being chosen by God. Just a wonderful thought. Then we heard from Pastor John, who talked about an unshakable salvation that we can experience and find life change. We can also, uh, you know, thank God as we saw also Pastor George um, just coming last week and sharing with us an unshakable um, in suffering. And that was just an amazing message. Great to have George home and uh, continue to pray for the great work in uh, Albania and also Uganda and India through Lightforce International and the work that George is doing there. You know, some 35 years ago, I had a road accident, um, which could have been very serious. It could have taken my life. And um, during that recovery period, just over the next few days of the accident happening and being in hospital, um, you know, my uh, my uh, cheekbone was broken, I had to be rewired, and my wrist broke, my ankles broke, and there was internal bleeding, and my eyes emerged. There was uh, quite a lot of trauma at that time, and one of my bosses at that time came to visit me and sat and talked to me, and in conversation, we just, uh, you know, were talking about what had happened. He was asking me all kinds of questions, and during that conversation, he said just something that stayed with me as I was thinking about my message today was he said Mark you seem to have an unusual peace in that moment when uh, you know you know you could experience in all kinds of emotions and sadness and you know regret and you know anger all those different kinds of things but he said to me um, you know you seem to have an unusual peace peace in your life and as a Christian I thought yeah that well that's that's because it's from God it's God gave me a peace in that situation which seemed desperate now, I'm, today I'm going to be talking about an unshakable peace from First Peter, um, just in those chapters, and just what he speaks about this and why it's important to our lives. You know, the Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote to Christians in that geographical area of Asia Minor who were suffering escalating persecution, unpopularity, rejection, fears, doubts, and certainly uncertainty in their lives. And his purpose was to encourage Christians to stand firm and unshakable in the midst of that hostility, without them losing hope, without them becoming bitter. You know, whilst trusting in Jesus Christ, whilst continuing to be a witness in the world in which they were living, and also whilst looking towards an eternal inheritance that was guaranteed beyond this life for them. And I love the way he starts both his letters, First Peter and Second Peter. The first one, it starts just with this in 1 Peter 1 and 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. And 2 Peter 1 verse 2 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. See, Peter is offering to them this experience of grace and peace in abundance. It's in abundance, it's increasing as an unshakable foundation in their lives. And he says it comes through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Exactly how I found that unusual peace that my boss recognized. I see the good news is that 
That's the peace of God which he wants to give and it's available to every single one of us. And especially at this time right now, it might be in this pandemic season. It might be in your marriage difficulty at this moment in time. It might be in your problem. It might be in a difficult situation that you find yourself in where there is no hope at the moment. But there is a peace that's available that comes from God. It's interesting to me that in surveys, looking for, you know, the kind of common pursuit in life, that what comes out many times on top is wealth. People are seeking most of all and pursuing wealth, thinking it might bring them happiness, meaning and peace. Well, you know as well as I do, wealth is so, you know, uncertain. And one minute you can have, you know, plenty of it. And the next minute, you know, as the markets change and the world is shaken, Wealth is so fleeting and so it's disappointing sometimes for you to be chasing wealth and suddenly not being able to sustain it and not bringing, you know, much to your life and peace and happiness that you look for. Well, now in contrast to wealth, the number one pursuit of life that Peter here encourages us to seek and pursue is peace. What a difference. Peace. In his writings to 1 Peter 3, you'll actually see Peter referring back to Psalm 34, verse 12 to 15. He says this, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Did you notice that? Seek peace and pursue it. Now, Peter's not the only person here who is recommending that. The Apostle Paul recommends it through the book of Romans. He says a number of things. The mind governed by God's Spirit is life and peace. He says the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. And he also says, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and build each other up. So he's promoting people, us, to seek peace and to pursue it. Now, how do you do that? How do we seek peace and pursue it? Well, the Bible says four things. Let me try and just run through these very quickly today. The first one is you need to realize that the Bible says it all starts with God. Peace in your life all starts with God. You don't find peace in yourself. It doesn't begin with you. It's not achieved by us because in our own natures we're far too self-centered. Peace comes from God. He is the God of peace. That's what the Bible says. Now after creation happened, God created the world. He created us. Mankind, we read in the Bible, was tempted by Satan and he actually disobeyed God and Adam, the Bible tells us, sinned. And because Adam sinned, all of mankind and fell into sin too. And as a result, we fell from God's glory. There was rebellion against God. And we found ourselves in separation from God. That wasn't God's fault. That was our choice that separated us. Unrest, evil, hatred, greed, every kind of disease and decay even entered into our world at every single level. And sin is a problem. 
The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It brought death into our world. And mankind was helplessly separated from a holy God and powerless to do anything about his condition. And the Bible just says, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, his holiness, his perfection, if you like. All of us are in that state. You know, if you doubt you've got sin, just take a toy and give it to two children and see what happens. You know, you'll see something rising in there that, uh, you know, is called sin. Now, the Bible also tells us something beautiful. Is that God, in his great love for us, actually prepared a saviour who was absolutely perfect. He was righteous and he was holy and he did that to rescue us from sin and to bring peace with God to bring us back into relationship with God this is what the Bible says you see just at the right time when we were powerless Christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though a good person someone might possibly die but God demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I want to tell you, Jesus died for you. And the good news of the gospel is that God through Jesus Christ, who was declared the Prince of Peace, from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, through his sacrifice on the cross, God actually made peace with us. His initiative Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, by believing, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. What a great scripture. What a great encouragement that is. I read this week from a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said this, God cannot give us peace and happiness apart from himself because there is no such thing. See, peace comes from God. In fact, God is the God of peace. And through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, we are reconciled to God. We are now in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. Our sin is forgiven and every stain of sin and wrongdoing has been washed clean and we are raised to a new life when we believe in him and the Holy Spirit works in our lives and we are set free from the power of sin and we receive that promise of eternal love. Can I hear an amen? That eternal life that comes from God. Friends, the Bible says that God wants us to know his peace, to seek his peace, and to pursue his peace. He says so clearly, whoever believes in him will not perish, but would receive eternal life. Isn't that incredible? See, it all starts with God. A relationship 
with God. And you become his child. He becomes your heavenly father. And because of that, the Bible encourages to talk to God like Abba. It's, it's daddy. It's that relationship. It's that intimacy. It's that identity. It's the love that comes in that relationship. And we have peace with God. Now, because of that peace with God in our relationship with him, we can actually, number two, find peace in ourselves. And we can rest in what God has done, you see, for us. And we receive his abundant grace, his abundant peace, and his hope on our new identity now is in Jesus Christ. It's not in our past. It's not in what other people think about us. It's not even in what you think about yourself. It is about what God thinks about you. And Peter in his letters encourages Christians to renew their minds to God's word, to see themselves the way that he sees them. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Isn't that wonderful? See, Peter wants us to experience increasing peace, which is in their new identity, who God calls them how God sees them. See, Peter could have personally been shaped, couldn't he, by the labels of the past or by what other people think. He was considered just a fisherman, right? No hope, really no future for him. Just a fisherman, uneducated. He was a very impulsive character and very defensive. He made mistakes because he became anxious and he became fearful and he had feelings of inadequacy. And remember, in his life, he even denied Jesus. But the resurrected Christ came to him in love and in grace and he offered him his peace. And Jesus, think about this, he came looking for him. He calls him by his name. He calls him to do something for him, to serve him. He called him to to give himself and reassure Peter of who he actually was. And the Bible tells us, I believe, as he heard God's word, abundant peace came into his own life and he found peace in himself. Can you imagine living with denying Jesus? Trying to walk into your future? Well, you know, he had to receive the words of Jesus to receive that reassurance of who he was and what he was called to do by God. And when he was at peace within himself, he moved on to the future to do what God had called him to do. He found peace with himself in this unshakable peace of God that which was at work in his life. And the Bible records that Peter went on to do incredible things, miracles, healings, great teaching and preaching, rescued from prison, missionary journeys. He stood before authorities. His writings are incredible in his conversations as he prayed, in his witnesses, and even in his death. He had the peace which surpasses all understanding, a peace that only God gives. What about you? What about yourself? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Some people may need to forgive themselves, right? But God has forgiven you and he sees you in a very special way. And I wonder if you're at peace with Jesus, with what he calls you and who he calls you to be. And I want to encourage you, allow God's word and the Holy Spirit to minister God's incredible grace and peace in abundance to you, to help you renew your mind, to renew your heart. 
and to renew your life as you live for him. When we have peace with God and are at peace with ourselves, I believe that then we are equipped to seek and pursue peace with others. That's the third thing I want to say. Peace with others. As the peace of God works in us, he calls us to live a life of peace. As the Holy Spirit works in our lives to change us and transform us us and shapes us, then we are called, the Bible says, to live peaceably with our family members, with our friends, with our work colleagues, our business relationships, the authorities, our neighbors. I wonder whether, you remember that program, Neighbors from Hell? Whether you or somebody your neighbors run away from, or or you're known as a, a neighbor of peace. You know, peace is so important. And the Bible says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with what, just the nice people? No, no. It says with all, with all people. And this is repeated through the New Testament. And it's not always possible, but that's why Paul says, as far as it depends on you. Others won't always act in ways that makes peace possible, right? But we shouldn't use that as an excuse not to seek peace and pursue it. Peter encourages in his letters Christians to seek peace and pursue it with others. He says, live graciously, love at all times, be eager to do good and to do the right thing. Be gentle, be compassionate, be kind and respectful, humble. Seek to bless others at all times and you will inherit a blessing. Chapter 3 verse 8 in that in Peter's first letter will tell you that. It kind of flicks back in my memories to what Jesus said when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers. See, peace makes God's approval. It meets him there. It meets God's approval. And I just believe that peacemakers are able to give peace because they have the peace of God. You can give the peace because you have it. And I wonder, are you prepared to seek peace and pursue it? with other people in your life to make peace, to go the extra mile, to love your enemies, to be a giver, not a taker, to bless and not to curse, to forgive and not retaliate? Are you prepared to put others before yourself, to build other people up? Well, think about a relationship right now that isn't right. It's not at peace in your life. Maybe ask God to help you to be that person who brings peace into that relationship. Let me just finish with fourthly, the last area of peace the Bible talks about. Not just a peace with God, but and a peace within ourselves that gives us a peace to live with others. But it also brings a peace in your troubles. Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you may have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I love the message translation when it says this, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. See, it's in Jesus that we find peace in our troubles. He is our shelter in the storm. And Peter just fixed his eyes on Jesus at all times and found unshakable peace in his sufferings, in his trials, in his hardships each day. And he encouraged Christians at the time and he encouraged Christians today, all of us today, to do exactly the same. King David, when you read the book of Psalms, you find him in trouble quite a lot, right? And there he said this. It's just a wonderful 
perspective, in 125, Psalm 125, 1, he says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They cannot be shaken, but endure forever. What peace? That is the peace that only God can bring to your life. So in all of our troubles and hardships as believers, it's a time for us to know that God's greater peace can be ours and we can shine the brightest even in our darkest days for the glory of God. See friends, Peter assures us that there is abundant grace and peace that is available as we seek peace and pursue it. Friends, imagine with me today just living your life established on the unshakable peace of God. And it all starts with that relationship with Him. Are you in relationship with God? Have you asked Him to forgive your sin and come into your life? Well, do that today and receive peace with God. Can you imagine having God's peace with yourself? Can you imagine that beautiful thing? What, where could that take you, having that greater peace with yourself? What about imagining having God's peace if you know, in your life, enabling you to be at peace with other people. Imagine the difference that that could make. And finally, imagine drawing from God's strength in any trouble that you face in life. What difference would that make to you? See, God's unshakable peace is available for you. And that's why we're encouraged by the Bible to seek, pursue God's peace. And, uh, and it all starts by believing in Jesus Christ.